River 949, Marnie and Campo for breakfast. Joining us is Dr. Paul Griffin, Head of Infectious Diseases. And Marnie, there's a new inhaler from China. Dr. Paul, can you tell us that the Chinese are actually the first to actually trial this? So what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, at, you know, it's great that we're still developing a lot of different vaccines. There's over 120 vaccines in clinical trials. And while our original vaccines obviously have performed tremendously well, there are some properties we'd like to improve. And the main one, I guess, is the ability to stop the virus getting in in the first place. And the thought is that an inhaled or intranasal vaccine might get an immune response where the virus gets in and hopefully do that. And, you know, this is another step forward along that journey. This is an inhaled vaccine. A bit tricky because it needs a nebulizer. It's not a self-contained spray at this stage. But um, they claim that it's uh, working well and uh, has got uh, some kind of approval over there. Okay. okay. Yeah. So is that something we may look at doing over here if they get good results? Potentially. I mean, you know, any vaccine that, that passes the rigorous clinical trials and shows that it's got a level of safety and efficacy that, that is above our standard, we, we'd consider here. I mean, I actually think one of the intranasal vaccines is perhaps a bit more likely to, to get there in the end. And, you know, there's one of those that I'm still trialling in Brisbane where we spray a little bit of a, a similar product into the nose with a little self-contained inhaler. And that's obviously going to be a bit easier to use. But, you know, th- this whole inhaled vaccine uh, area is, is coming along really quickly. And, you know, hopefully one of those will be that missing piece in terms of, you know, stopping the virus getting in and helping mm. us control the case numbers a bit better. So we'd like to see it get to a stage where you, it's like an asthma spray where you could just pick it up and just and pump it into your, into your body. Is yeah, that right? exactly, exactly right. And, you know, these inhaled ones aren't going to replace the intramuscular ones that we're giving already. What's been yeah. shown in a lot of animal studies, if you give one of the normal ones first and then one of these spray ones, you get really good protection from severe disease, but also from the virus getting in. So it's likely to be essentially a booster to those people that have already had the sort of more traditional vaccines. And, and you know, I actually think one of the little little nasal sprays, like those things people have when they have hay fever, for example, a few puffs in the nose might just get that uh, immunity uh, in the nose and the upper respiratory tract that we really need. Yeah. Mm. And from your well, point yeah, of view, how, how are we going with the vaccines and, and what have you? I mean, it's, it, are we a little bit lacklustre at the moment? Oh, we, we are. I mean, we did a tremendous job with two doses. That's without question. But then our booster rates have really fallen away. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a complex reason for that. But, you know, we, we need people to be up to date with their vaccines. And that's one of the biggest challenges at the moment is, you know, given we're past that most recent wave, I think many people, you know, have a sense that the pandemic's over. It's thrown their masks away and are forgetting about being vaccinated. But we know the virus is still there. We know there's still community transmission, still plenty of people in hospital. Mm-hmm. And so we need people to be up to date with those vaccines. And, you know, the other big step forward, I guess, is that there's been a, an Omicron-specific booster approved that'll probably be available before the end of the year for us. So, you know, that'll be another step forward in our ability to, you know, battle this virus. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, thank All you. Right. Thank you for that. Before you do go, uh, you are our resident um, Lions <laughs> <laughs> reporter. A big game this weekend, obviously, and then Monday. Let's hope that, you know you're back on Monday for a bit of a chat about it. What are, you, what are your tips there in that in that respect? Oh, look, it's a huge game. And finals is a completely different ball game. You know, going into this, you'd have to say Melbourne's form is, has been better than ours head-to-head. They've killed us the last couple of times. But, you know, I think this is a really different sort of scenario. We obviously did tremendously well last week. We played so well. We've got a few players coming back. And obviously, they've got an injury to, to one of their superstars that will have to at least slow them down a little bit. So, you know, I'm going down for that game. And, you know, I'm a bit cautiously optimistic. I guess I'm a bit biased. But, you know, I think... Uh, 
there's ever going to be a time we can take them, this will be it. <laughs> well, Mark, I've I asked like him it. to come back Monday and uh, do a report on the uh, the match. Hopefully they have a win, and if not, he's going to wrap up the season for us. <laughs> well, that's it. Dr. Oh. Paul, everything from, you know, COVID vaccines to the Lions, mate. We couldn't ask for yeah. any more, really. You're the, you're the all-round man. He's a legend. Legend. <laughs> that's all I got, though. There's nothing else. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Fine, that's all you need. That's all you need. Head of Infectious <laughs> Diseases and the number one ticket holder for the Lions, Dr. Paul Griffin, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. River 949. AITC, a deliberately different senior school. Inquire now for Year 10 and 11. On River 949, you're listening to Marnie and Campo. They're back straight after the local news and traffic. River 949's Hinksy here. I'm back.